All right, it's, it's particularly important because um, we, we had some great, rich services over the past uh, few weeks where we had confirmation and an ordination service. And you might have heard in both of those uh, that when the presenters presented either those who were getting ordained or the one person getting ordained or those getting confirmed, that when the presenters present them, they, they said this phrase, um, Reverend Father in God. And if you read this passage in the gospel, you might be thinking, uh, did you just call the Bishop Father in the liturgy where Jesus expressly tells us, call no man father? And we should have enough trust in our church and the leaders in our church and in our tradition that um, a, a great deal of thought is not as though it's an oversight or the folks who put together the, the liturgy just had never read Matthew 23. And there are people somewhere in England right now frantically trying to, to change it. We should have enough faith in them that they do understand what it is uh, that they are saying and perhaps giving us some insight as to exactly what Christ is saying. And so in this passage, it is quite obvious that the central theme, because Christ tells us what the central theme is at the very end of the passage, is to be humble and not exalt ourselves. And he is preaching to a group of Jewish leaders who have at that point not humbled themselves and have, in fact, attempted to exalt themselves. It's beautiful that the lectionary works these passages together because we see the consequences of that promised in the Malachi passage. He says for for those teachers, those prophets, those religious leaders who seek to exalt themselves and to make something of themselves rather than humbling themselves and pointing towards God, that those types of teachers, those types of leaders will lead to destruction. It's quite interesting as we get to the Thessalonians passage, Paul also alludes to it. And given the historical realities, that is precisely what happens, right? So when it says in Malachi that Jerusalem shall be laid to waste in 70 AD, the temple is destroyed in Jerusalem. It is quite literally laid to waste by the Roman Empire. And so we see that the consequences of a bad teacher, a bad leader, a bad father are great. And yet there are incredible benefits to a good teacher, to a good father, to a good leader. And, and this is what all three of those passages are pointing to. Now, the reason I can say we know that Christ is not flat out condemning the use of the term father is just based on a whole lot of context. So first of all, it is a regular rhythmic Jewish practice throughout the Old Testament. And even in the New Testament, referring back to the Old Testament, To refer to the patriarchs or the fathers. So our father Abraham, our father Isaac. That comes up in Acts 7 when Stephen, uh, the martyr, is is talking to the Jewish leaders who are going to eventually put him to death. He he points back to say our father Abraham. Right. Uh, We also see this in the New Testament that the very apostles of Jesus Christ refer to the people to whom they're writing quite often as their children. So we see this in Peter. We see this in 1 John, that you are like my little children. You see this even in the Thessalonians passage when Paul says, as like a father who exhorts his children. 
In fact, Paul gets very specific in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, where he says, You have many guides in the faith, but I am your father. Okay, so we have to know here that context, we don't want to use any passage of scripture without viewing it in the entirety of the context of the scriptures and the tradition of the church. And so we, we have to ask ourselves this question. Is Paul mistaken in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 where he says, I am your father? Is Peter also mistaken when he writes of the churches he's planted as his spiritual children, John doing the same? Are we mistaken when we point that back to the patristic era or we, or era, or we talk about the church fathers? Or are we mistaken when we say reverend father in God to our bishop? And I think the simple answer is no. There has to be more going on in this passage. Because otherwise, even scripture, Paul, when he says in 1 Corinthians 4, I am your father and you are my children, would be wrong and and counter to Christ. And and we know that that is, is not what is at play. So what exactly is at play In this gospel passage, you have religious leaders, spiritual leaders who have, in fact, exalted themselves, sought to exalt themselves over and above. And they love the title father. They want to be called father because they they feel that they are then given the authority to lord over the people who are referring to them as father. And Christ here in this Matthew passage is quite clear that whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. It is not uncommon for Christ to use stories or hyperbole in his teaching. We, in fact, know he does that in Matthew. And I think we all know this quite naturally when in Matthew, Christ says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. We know that that is a hyperbolic language, which is a quite effective teaching tool, quite honestly. What is it that Christ is getting it at in that passage where he tells us to pluck out our eye, cut off our hand? He's saying that we should so long for sin to be removed from our lives that we would do anything it takes to have that sin removed and to be as far away from it as possible. And it is quite a dramatic way to teach that by saying it would be better for you to enter heaven with one eye and one hand than to enter hell with both intact. Now, is Christ literally telling us to chop off our hand or pluck out our eyes? No. But is he teaching us a very real principle that is applicable to our lives? Should we seek to root out sin passionately and fervently and often in our lives, of course we should, because sin is damaging and it is leading us to destruction. If we root it out of our lives, if we allow the spirit to root root it out of our lives, it leads to life. And so in this passage, I think it's safe to say that Christ is, is meaning something other than literally call no man father. He is saying that if folks like the Pharisees and the Sadducees to whom he is giving this message are going to seek to exalt themselves, lord over, then they are not good fathers. He also says, call no man rabbi or teacher. Well, if a teacher seeks to exalt themselves 
and to be at the forefront that you focus on them rather than humbling themselves, then they are not a good teacher. And here is what Christ is pointing out in the passage. A good teacher is a conduit. A a bad teacher is one who is standing at the front of the room, wants to be the focus, the center of attention. That is not a good teacher. We've probably had those professors in college or teachers in school who seek to be the very point of the lecture, that it really is about them. We've probably experienced that, sadly, in this broken world with fathers, real fathers, who rather than doing the very job they've been given, which is to use their authority of fatherhood to love, to sacrifice, to give to their children in order that their children may be trained up in the way of the Lord, pointing them to a life of faith and joy and hope. When a father sets himself up as the one to be exalted, the center of attention, the one about whom all things are, uh, are driven, that is a bad father. And yet, we know from our very life experience that there are good fathers, that there are good teachers. And the best teachers and the best fathers point beyond themselves to Christ, that they are humble, as Christ calls us in this passage to be humble. So when we look at Bishop Steve and we say, Reverend Father in God, what we are recognizing in Bishop Steve is not the power of his authority, but the humility that is to be lauded, and also in him what we see are attributes of Christ. And so I actually like that one of the answers of who's a good teacher, Pastor Ford, when we look at Ford and we say he is a great teacher, he's a great pastor, what we are seeing in him is his willingness to love us and shepherd us like Christ. But Ford continually will pass beyond him, point beyond himself to the one who is to be exalted. And I think that what the passage really wants us to see and what that Thessalonians passage also wants us to see is if you trust in the good authority that God has given us in our lives, the good apostolic tradition as Paul is a part, as uh, Bishop Steve is now a part centuries and centuries later, if you trust in that good authority that they are pointing beyond themselves, not to exalt themselves, but to humble themselves, point beyond themselves to God, then perhaps we can call them whatever we want, pastor, which just means shepherd, reverend, which is one to be revered, right? Or even father. What we are giving them in that, that title is the beauty of the fact that they point beyond themselves to God the Father. And if we give that title to those who are not pointing themselves beyond themselves to God, then that can lead us down very many bad paths. Um, A great deal of bad teaching has led a great many astray. And that is what Christ is pointing out here. Because in fact, that very promise in Malachi, Christ comes to a time where that bad teaching for several centuries has led many of the people of God astray. And he says it will lead to the very destruction 
of Jerusalem that Malachi points to, because it quite literally does. And yet, we have one great teacher, which is Christ. We have one great father, our father in heaven. Yet, God, by his grace and through his spirit, has gifted and enabled people in our lives to not be that position of authority to exalt themselves, but through their humility, conduits through which we can know God the Father more deeply, to love Christ the Son more deeply. And and that is the call of a great teacher. That is the call of a wonderful father. And that is what we ought to submit ourselves to, is that authority given by God for our good. And Paul seems to point that out in 1 Thessalonians. He says, "You you have... mimicked yourself around these other really good churches. In that Corinthians passage where he calls himself father, he says, imitate me because what I'm doing, Paul, is pointing beyond myself to the authority and power of Christ that leads to all joy and redemption. It is not about Paul when we call Paul father. It is not about Ford if we call him pastor, reverend, father. It is not about Bishop Steve when we call him father. It is about Christ the power of the spirit working in and through them to lead and to shepherd all souls towards the beauty and joy of heaven. Let's pray.